three people, bent in their saddles with weariness, reached the chasm of Nahrain days later. They rode down the twisting paths into the black depths of the mountain city, and were there welcomed by separates whose face was grave, though his words were encouraging. So you were successful, he said with a small smile. Eric paused while he dismounted and aided Saracenia down. He turned to separates. I'm not altogether satisfied with this adventure, he said grimly, though I did what I had to in order to save my wife. I would speak with you privately, separates. The black Nahrainian nodded gravely. When we have eaten, he said, we will talk alone. They walked wearily through the galleries, noting that there was considerably more activity in the city now, but there was no sign of separates' as nine brothers. He explained their absence as he led Elric and his companions towards his own chamber. As servants of fate, they have been called to another plane where they can observe something of the several different possible futures of the earth. And thus, keep me informed of what I must do here. They entered the chamber and found food ready. When they had satisfied their hunger, Divim Slorm and Saracenia left the other two. The fire from the great hearth blazed. Elric and separates sat together unspeaking, hunched in their chairs. At last, without preamble, Elric told separates the story of what had happened. What he remembered of the dead god's words. How they had disturbed him, even struck him as being true. When he had finished, separates nodded. It is so, he said. Dara Najan spoke the truth, or at least he spoke most of the truth as he understood it. You mean we will all soon cease to exist? That it will be as if we had never breathed or thought or fought? That is likely. But why? It seems unjust. Who told you that the world was just? Arik smiled, his own suspicions confirmed. Aye, as I expected, there is no justice. But there is... Separates said, justice of a kind, justice which must be carved from the chaos of existence. Man was not born to a world of justice, but he can create such a world. I'd agree to that, Auric said, but what are all our strivings for, if we are doomed to die and the results of our actions with us? That is not absolutely the case. Something will continue. Those who come after us will inherit something from us. What is that? An earth free of the major forces of chaos. You mean a world free of sorcery, I presume? Not entirely free of sorcery, but chaos and sorcery will not dominate the world of the future as it does this world. Then that is worth striving for, separates, Ulrich said almost with relief. But what part do the rune blades play in the scheme of things? They have two functions, one to rid the world of the great dominating forces of evil. But they are evil themselves. Just so, it takes a strong evil to battle a strong evil. The days that will come will be when the forces of good can overcome those of evil. They are not strong enough yet. That, as I told you, is what we must strive for. And what is the other purpose of the blades? That is their final purpose, your destiny. I can tell you now. I must tell you now or let you live out your destiny unknowing. 
Well, then tell me, Elric said impatiently. Their ultimate purpose is to destroy this world. Elric stood up. Ah, no, separates. That I cannot believe. Shall I have such a crime on my conscience? It is not a crime. It is in the nature of things. The era of the bright empire, even that of the young kingdoms, is drawing to a close. Chaos formed this earth, and for aeons, chaos ruled. Men were created to put an end to that rule. But my ancestors worshipped the powers of chaos. My patron demon, Arioch, is a duke of hell, one of the prime lords of chaos. Just so, you and your ancestors were not true men at all, but an intermediary type created for a purpose. You understand chaos as no true men could ever understand it. You can control the forces of chaos as no true men ever could. You can weaken the forces of chaos, for you know the qualities of chaos. Weaken them is what you have done. Though worshipping the lords of chance and evil, your race were the first to bring some kind of order to the earth. The people of the young kingdoms have inherited this from you, and have consolidated it, but as yet chaos is still that much stronger. The Runeblades, Stormbringer and Mournblade, this more orderly age, the wisdom your race and mine have gained, all will go towards creating the basis for the true beginnings of mankind's history. That history will not begin for many thousands of years. The type may take on a lowlier form, become more beast-like before it re-evolves. But when it does, it will re-evolve into a world bereft of the stronger forces of chaos. It will have a fighting chance. We are all doomed, but they need not be. So that is what Darnajan meant when he said we were just puppets, acting out our parts before the true play began. Auric sighed deeply. The weight of his mighty responsibility was heavy on his soul. He did not welcome it, but he accepted it. Separate said gently, It is your purpose, Auric of Malnibane. Hitherto your life has been something comparatively meaningless. All through it you have been searching for some purpose for living. Is that not true? I, Auric agreed with a slight smile. I've been restless for many a year since my birth. Restless the more between the time when Saracenia was abducted and now. It is fitting that you should have been, Separate said, for there is a purpose for you. Fate's purpose. It is this destiny that you have sensed all your mortal days. You, the last of the royal line of Malnibane, must complete your destiny in the times which are to follow closely upon these. The world is darkening. Nature revolts and rebels against the abuses to which the lords of chaos put it. Oceans seethe and forests sway. Hot lava spills from a thousand mountains. Winds shriek upon their angry torment, and the skies are full of awful movement. Upon the face of the earth, warriors are embattled in a struggle which will decide the fate of the world, linked as the struggle is with greater conflicts among gods. Women and the little children die on a million funeral pyres upon this continent alone, and soon the conflict will spread to the next continent, and the next... 
Soon all the men of the earth will have chosen sides, and chaos might easily win. It would win but for one thing, you and your sword, Stormbringer. Stormbringer. It has brought enough storms for me. Perhaps this time it can calm one. And what if law should win? And if law would win, then that too will mean the decline and death of this world. We shall all be forgotten. But if chaos should win, then doom will cloud the very air. Agony will sound in the wind, and foul misery will dominate a plunging, unsettled world of sorcery and evil hatred. But you, Elric, with your sword and our aid, could stop this. It must be done. And let it be done, Elric said quietly. And if it must be done, then let it be done well. Separates said, armies will soon be marshaled to drive against Pan Tang's might. These must be our first defence. Thereafter we shall call upon you to fulfil the rest of your destiny. I'll play my part willingly, Alric replied, for, whatever else, I have a mind to pay the theocrat back for his insults and the inconvenience he has caused me. Though perhaps he didn't instigate Saracenia's abduction, he aided those who did, and he shall die slowly for that. Go then speedily. For each moment wasted allows the Theocrat to consolidate further his new one empire. Farewell, said Elric, now more than ever anxious to leave Nahrain and return to familiar lands. I know we'll meet again, separates, but I pray it to be in calmer times than these. Now the three of them rode eastwards towards the coast of Tarkesh, where they hoped to find a secret ship to take them across the Pale Sea to Ilmiora and thence to Karlag by the Weeping Waste. They rode their magical Nahrain horses, careless of danger, through a war-wasted world, strife-ruined and miserable under the heel of the Theocrat. Elric and Saracinia exchanged many glances, but they did not speak much, for they were both moved by a knowledge of something which they could not speak of, which they dared not admit. She knew they would not have much time together, even when they returned to Karlark. She saw that he grieved, and she grieved also, unable to understand the change that had come upon her husband, only aware that the black sword at his side would never now hang in the armoury again. She felt she had failed him, though this was not the case. As they topped a hill and saw smoke drifting, black and thick across the plains of Torrance, once beautiful, now ruined, Divim Slorm shouted from behind Elric and his bride. One thing. Cousin, whatever happens, we must have vengeance on the Theocrat and his ally. Elric pursed his lips. Aye, he said, and glanced again at Saracenia, whose eyes were downcast. The sea was at last in sight rolling its troubled way towards the horizon to meet a seething sky, when Elric heard a cry to his right and turned to see a figure racing towards him on horseback. He clasped the hilt of his sword and waited, Divim Slorm and Saracinia reining in behind him. And then he recognised the rider and smiled. Moonglum, how came you to the Westlands? 
The cocky little red-haired man was travel-stained. He grinned widely as he pulled his horse to a halt. I heard news of your troubles and came to help, but found these lands in bloody conflict. Could get no clear information as to your fate, and was retracing my path in the hope that I'd missed your trail earlier. Have you knowledge of what happens in the south? No, I only know that Jagrin Lern will attack as soon as he can. They too have come to the same conclusion, but quarrel over the best means of meeting the attack. Brusque, honest Cargan, sea lord of the Isle of the Purple Towns, tried for an alliance with the pompous merchant princes of the mainland nations. But they rejected his offer and insulted him, so now they are divided. They need you to unite them, Alric. Then we had best make speed home, Alric replied. We want a passage on board a ship. What is the situation in the conquered ports? Many have sailed for the south already, and captains are nervous of taking more, for fear of Jagreen Lern's wrath. It might be done. Yeah, then let us try. Moonglum rode beside his friend as the little party rode off towards the nearest port of Nio. Nio was a small town that nowadays saw little trade. It kept itself by fishing mainly. About a few merchantmen were still there. The captains were approached and bribes were offered, but only Lans Berta, half-bred man of Pantang and Tarkesh, was greedy enough to listen. His pale face was thoughtful as he faced the four in an ill-smelling tavern near the quay. I'll take the girl, he said, but Jagreen Lern's sorcery is powerful. Could smell out an enemy such as you, my lord Elric. I daren't risk taking you. She'll not travel alone, Elric said decisively, rising from the table. Lance Berta said hastily, then the other... him or him pointed at Divim Slorm and Moonglum in turn. Moonglum glanced at Elric. I'd rather be with you, Elric, as in the past, but... Elric nodded. Then... Divim Slorm will escort Saradzinia home. We look for a boat of our own. One of these fishing boats might do, and risk the crossing that way. Lans Berta frowned. The waters are mysteriously plagued these days, my lord. The influence of chaos is strong on them. No matter. This is the best way. Very well, said the half-breed. Now to terms. The terms were agreed. The partings made, and Elric and Moonglum crept down to the quays where the fishing boats were moored to select the best. <laughs>